Hey, hey, what's up, guys? It's Jordan with Laundromat Resource Podcast. This is show 146, and I'm pumped you're here today. Today, we have a dynamic duo. Teamwork makes the dream work, baby. And we're going to talk with Ryan Foster and Carly Crockett today, both who own their own businesses, but that are, uh, what do you call it when they work together? Symbiotic? Is that is that the right word? I'm not sure uh, if it's not the right word. Just pretend like I didn't say that, but they are, uh, Ryan owns a laundromat in Florida and Carly is running her pickup and delivery business out of Ryan's laundromat, both doing great business, both working well together. And we get into how they are making this happen together and how it benefits each of them to be working together. So super cool episode today. A lot of very tangible, practical stuff in there. Uh, both if you're trying to get started uh, buying your own laundromat or and or starting your pickup and delivery business um, and also how you can work with other people to, uh, you know, make the dream work. So let's jump into it uh, with Ryan and Carly. Uh, the last thing I want to say before we do, though, is if you're listening to this on uh, a podcast uh, player of some sort, I would love it if you would just take five seconds, give me a rating and review uh, just to number one, let me know how I'm doing, how we can improve things over here. Uh, note to everyone. I already know that I'm long winded and slow talking. Uh, so keep that feedback coming. So I keep getting to the point, unlike right now. Um, and, uh, if you're on YouTube, I would love it if you subscribe, cause we have got amazing content coming out all the time to help you buy that first laundromat or to run your laundromats better, scale your businesses up and, uh, you know, help you achieve those dreams that you have for your own life. All right, let's jump into it with Ryan and Carly. All right. We are here with Ryan and Carly guys. Thank you for joining first of all, and, and being willing to come on, share your story, share your wisdom. How are you guys doing? Doing good. Thank Doing you. Good. Trying to survive this Florida uh, 50 degree winter. So, what a nightmare. You know, we're getting this weird stuff falling from our sky over here. It's like wet. I don't oh, know. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's yeah. weird. Uh, not really used to it. So, yeah. Panic is ensuing over here on the West Coast. For sure. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. So, well, I mean, okay. Listen, you're, you're talking about being in Florida. Why don't you tell us a little bit about who you guys are? And, uh, well, let's start with Ryan. Let's start with you. Uh, okay. Who are you? And let's, you know, let's weave our way into this weird little industry that we're in. Okay. I'll try to paint the picture for you. So, um, okay. Ryan Foster, um, based in Tampa, Florida. Uh, my laundromat is Friendly City Laundry, which is based in Bradenton, Florida, which is about an hour south of uh, Tampa, just over the bridge. Um, originally from upstate New York, uh, moved to Tampa 2006-ish for grad school. That didn't really work out. Jumped into the working life. Um, did a bunch of sales gigs. Uh, was with uh, Enterprise Rent-A-Car for a minute and then did logistics sales. And then during the uh, the big downturn of 2008, I got the, the hook for that. So I reinvented uh, um, the career path and became a fireman uh, in the area here in, uh, in Tampa. And uh, with that being said, I was still had that little sales uh, entrepreneurial spirit, and I knew I wanted to set something up on the side. Um, and with the fire department, uh, the schedule is very uh, uh, easy for a, uh, a someone like myself to to get something going up on the side. You're on for 24, off for 48, pretty flexible schedule. So I started a vending machine route, 
and did vending machines, bought about four or five of those on my off days and was lucky enough to link up with a guy locally here who was, uh, his family was in the laundromat business and he sold me a few of his uh, locations that were in laundromats. And did that for a couple of years. And he and I kind of, you know, was a little bit of a vending machine guru mentor to me. And we kind of spitballing a little bit about the laundromat business and how that works. And very nice guy would help me out, fix the machines. And then he introduced me to a, a fairly large owner in the, in the Tampa market uh, with laundromats. And just right time, right place, that zombie mat um, was able to dive into a, a laundromat uh, 2004, three, four years after I got on with the fire department. So did the zombie mat thing, fixed that up, small little store, I think around a thousand square feet and, uh, got that up and running and then, um, started, uh, doing a little bit of, uh, pickup and delivery out of there, ran that to approximately 2020. And then for some reason, I was just lucky enough to sell, uh, a month before COVID and took that, uh, took that money, put it in the bank um sat on it all through covid looked and looked and looked for my second location and finally randomly on loopnet one day i just was in increasing my search area and this little building popped up down in bradington florida and uh fast forward two years uh, here we are um did a complete gut job rebuild of that location in uh, in bradington uh during that process linked up with carly and uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of the background to where we are today. I know it's a lot, but it uh, happy yeah. to pick apart anything that you want to dive a little more into on that. Yeah, we'll definitely <laughs> we'll definitely dig into. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in there. It so is. We'll, it's, we'll it's, back it's, it up. Condensed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll back it up and rewind yeah. and and uh, start poking around in there. Yeah, uh, sure. Carly, tell us a little bit about you and uh, how you kind of got into this weird business. Yeah, so originally born and raised in England, London, England, um, moved over to Orlando, Florida when I was 21, um, part of my university, finishing out my university course um, in Orlando. While I was there, met my now husband, um, we've been married almost 18 years now, and uh, moved around a little bit, so we started in Florida, we moved up north, we were in Michigan, Chicago. Kansas, um, now back in Sarasota, where we plan on staying. And um, in Sarasota is where I started the pickup and delivery service. Um, just randomly started, like no big plan to do this ever. Um, it was never in my head that I was going to be a pickup and delivery wash dry fold business owner. Um, I just happened to get a email ad one day in my email and it was from a company and it's laundry care they were based in kansas city and they are a company that pretty much just outsourced their laundry and their main main focus is moms um and the moms will pick up their laundry and do do it in the house and then take it back and i knew that was something i didn't want to personally do i didn't want to use my own machines to do this but when we moved to sarasota i was like this might be a really good market so started very, very small. It was just me. We had the luxury of having a second garage in the house we have, which I pretty much took over, put one washer, one dryer into this garage that we had, built it into like some kind of small little wash dry bolt area. And it was just me day and night 
doing orders. Um, started off with just one or two and then quickly we were going, oh, and I had a website as well. I, I paid someone to do a website right from the beginning. So we did have um, a website online, but very quickly we were getting a lot. I was getting a lot of calls. Um, and I was doing all the pickups, all the deliveries, plus all the orders as well. So my first step after, I think it was after four months of doing this, I was like, I've got to get some help. So we bought a small van. It was our first ever van that we got. We bought a small van. I hired the driver. And she would go out every day. She would do all the pickup and delivery and then dump everything back in my garage. <laughs> um and so literally, and there were some nights like we got these clients with towels, like pool towels that we were doing like pretty much every day. And some nights we were just doing towels like until like 11 o'clock at night and try and fold them. And my husband was helping me. And it got to the point where I was like, we have to go somewhere else. Like I have to scale or just stop. One yeah. of the two. And just as I was in that mix of like trying to figure out what I was going to do, Ryan came along. Um with this idea he contacted me one day and i was like oh i don't know this could be a scam <laughs> this could be a scam from a crazy guy just trying to get money but met with ryan sketchy. and had this place then it ended up just kind of falling into place where we decided working together and i didn't really have i didn't really want to have a laundromat like i didn't really want to get into the laundromat business itself but and he did, and it works out well because he doesn't really want to do the wash dry fold. So this actually kind of works out <laughs> pretty well. You have a laundry mat that that is like perfect, and and so it just kind of clicked into place when it was needed, really. So yeah, that's that's awesome, and I mean that's a crazy uh, that's a crazy start where you just kind of start in your in your garage and. Uh, man, I, I'll be honest, like if it was me, I probably would have been the driver and hired somebody to actually do the laundry for me. <laughs> like that. Yeah. I don't, I'm yeah. Location, like, I didn't want someone in my garage all day, but yeah, I'd like the logistics of it. But, um, I also knew that I wanted to kind of give it a try before I spent money on it. So totally. this was kind of the testing, like the way to test it, it was actually going to work and be a thing here or not. And I quickly realized that it is a yeah. pretty big thing here. Yeah. Yeah. That's. That's pretty cool. I like uh, I like that, and we're we're definitely gonna dig a little more into that because uh, you know one of the things I get asked a whole lot about, and it gets brought up. I, I did a live Q and A yesterday, and somebody was asking about like should I should I start a a service business before buying a laundromat, and how does that work, and how do I do that? So I want to dig into that uh, also and get your get your take on starting that way and and working that way, um, and how you and Ryan uh, actually work together too. So we're getting into that too. We're kind of going two paths simultaneously in today's uh, episode. So let's go back to Ryan and dig into, and and Carly, feel free to chime in anytime. Yeah. Uh, but let's talk about that first, uh, that first laundromat that you bought. Yeah. Um, that was a zombie map from this, this yeah. owner that you said, right? Yeah. He, he was, uh, he's a, great guy still uh still have a relationship with him he's still in the in the um in the business in fact he has a place not too far from my bradington location um but he again as you've talked about on this podcast before there's a thousand different ways that you can operate in the laundromat business you can be top of the the industry and you can be the bottom of the industry open air you know top loaders going for a buck and you know you know, not much value add there for the customer. And at the end of the day, 
everyone makes money doing in, in the laundromat business. You might not be operating as efficiently. You can probably make a go of it. You know, the location, as you know, is, is a huge part of it. Uh, but that first location, uh, <laughs> he does it the way he, he it's funny thinking back about it. Um, he basically, he runs a tight ship, zombie mat tight ship, though. It's, you know, Wait, what does that mean? That's like <laughs> on its last legs. It's oh, okay. not very clean. It gets clean, but it's not really that clean. That deep clean never really happened. <laughs> okay. He's got really crappy old equipment, but then he's got so not so crappy old equipment that looks pretty good. It's actually pretty, you know, it's so he kind of mixes his laundromats to kind of have this this mix of, you know, stuff that you got to get out the door right now, then stuff you can probably hold on to a little bit. And then, you know, so and that's what he he basically sold me on. He's just like, listen, he's like. And everyone who I consulted with about him, because I knew him for a couple of years because I serviced his other laundromats with his vending machine and we developed a relationship and met the the uh, guys who were repairing because I'd be there filling the laundry, uh, the uh, vending machines. And there's his repair guy that's on staff, you know, and he's, you know, he's that size where he's got a, he had a guy at that point on staff, but he also hired outside guys. So I knew a lot of the, had the network of checking up on him to see if what he was telling me was actually, um, true and everyone to a man and lady said whatever number he's telling you is actually accurate so if he's telling you he's doing six thousand dollars a month at that location more than likely it's going to be slightly under six or slightly over six but it's going to be you know right there you know with the ebb and flow and sure enough you know the numbers were right and he basically sold it as he's like hey listen uh, i'm only doing let's just say the number six i'm only doing six thousand here but with you and you giving a little extra tlc you could probably make nine within like you know six months easy and sure enough you know it's you, you give it a little bit more attention and you know so out of the gate, we took about half of the machines out, the washers, not the dryers, half of the machines out, the small stuff, swapped it out with some new Speed Queen stuff back in 2015, right when the uh, the Quantum, the Quantum Gold uh, multi-controls came out. Um, and then we had some old C, I think silver, silver, uh, silver con controls <clears throat> on the 60s and 80, not 80, didn't have an 80, um, so just 60s. So I ran that for a couple of years, got it built up. Very nice. Um, then started my, uh, cleaned it up, painted, added a little bit more security, but just cleaned it. Basically left everything in there that he had, just swapped out a couple machines and just cleaned it and just gave it more attention. Was there three, four times a week because it was right down the street from my house. And so the neighborhood started saying, hey, you know, there's the fireman who runs a bill. Oh, you're the best. You know, you're you're always here. You always answer your phone. Anything comes up, you know, you're you're taking care of us. So that's, you know, obviously a big component of, uh, you know, running a place like that. And um, but then it got to a point where it's like, all right, I want to grow this business. Do I get another location or do I add Wash Dry Full? And it was small. Hold like on, I pause, said. pause, pause, yeah. pause. I do want to get into sure. that. that decision. Yeah. But I want to go back real quick. Yeah. OK, so this is a zombie mat. How did how did you buy it? Did you did you finance it did you pay cash for it did the seller finance it yeah it was, you... it was it was a unique finance um i was able to put majority of it down um based off of what the vending vending machine route was doing and i knew i had to sell it he knew i had to sell it to to fit the bill so that's what i ended up doing i we kind of it was kind of a hodgepodge of like uh i'll get you you know here's 75 percent of the sale 
and I'll get you the other 25 when I sell the, the vending machine route, but let me, you know, get this up and running and then I'll, um, and he was actually going through a divorce at the time. And I think he kind of liked that because he didn't necessarily want to disclose everything that was on his end. So it was perfect timing with that. And so he, uh, he agreed to that. And so within three or four months, he was, he was made whole after I was able to take over the the lease and, and he had to kind of, and that's another thing with a lease, you know, I had no experience. And so he kind of had to paint the picture to the landlord, like, Hey, this guy is, you know, he'll be able to, you can assign the lease to him. He's, you know, and he was, he, he also helped me out get a new lease um, uh, along with the distributor at that point, because I needed that time. He was only on a, a three-year lease, I think, at the point. And then I was able to renegotiate for a 15-year um, lease to be able to bring that new equipment in um, with Alliance. You know, you have to have a, a long-term uh, lease in place mm-hmm. or they're not going to let you have the the equipment. So that's how that one got done. Um, and then, uh, like, shortly after, like I said, year and a half, two years, uh, it was time to take it to the next level. Yeah. So real quick, I mean, this is, yeah. this is a long time ago. This, I think you, yeah, you must've got it about back, the yeah. same time or about a decade ago or so. Yeah. Um, did, uh, I don't, yeah, I shouldn't put it that way. That, that feels like a long time. <laughs> uh, the, the lease, you know, you, you're talking about the, him, him sort of like selling you to the landlord. Yeah. I do. Do you remember it all? Like what was that landlord? You know, what, what, what was it that he needed to sell for you? What was the landlord looking for? Did the landlord have concerns? Was it because you didn't, hadn't owned one before? Yeah, I think, I think he's, yeah, it was, she wanted, uh, you know, the vending machine route was all, you know, legitimate, uh, you know, had a, a LLC to it and it was all by the books. It was not just like, you know, a little side cash deal. I, I ran it professionally like a, um, like you should, and he basically sold it that I was a, a vendor of his in the laundromat business for three, four years. And now he's transitioning into that. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm still fairly familiar with that landlord to this day because very large, uh, uh, ownership. I mean, they have, you know, it's three daughters, the dad passed away, but they own multiple shopping centers in the Tampa area. And they're pretty much MO was, you know, they were in that, you know, lower income to working class neighborhood strip center with your, you know, cookie cutter, you know, pawn, hair, pizza, you know, that type of three to four unit place. And all the places were on three year leases. Um, Back in the day, the guy who I bought it off of when he originally built it out. He, I think, had that 10 year, 15 year lease. And then he just as soon as it like that equipment had you know, reached its, its time to swap out. I guess he decided just to convert to three-year leases because that's what they would renew him on. And so he had the place for maybe, you know, 10, 10 maybe 12 years at that point uh, when I took it over. And um, they were fine with it. I mean, once, once you know, we had a quick meeting and uh, they worked out the lease uh, terms and he kind of held my hand with it along with uh, the uh, distributor um, rep at the time just to make sure that it was all in, in line. And uh, yeah, I've got that, you know, that 15 year lease. It was, uh, I think it was initial five with two tens back in the, uh, or two initial five with two, five uh, terms on the backside. Nice. So when you, when you took it over, was it, was it making money at that time? Was it breaking even? Was it losing money? Super cheap. Rent was super cheap. Of course, as soon as I took over. That rent, goes up. that rent yeah. jumped up, but he, it's you know, downside he said, like, to negotiating yeah. a new lease. Yeah. There. Yeah. So, uh, the place was making money right out of the gate. 
you know, um, I had that old equipment. I had to deal with it because what was cool is um, it was about a month leeway. And back in 2015, you could you could order equipment and pretty much get it within six weeks. And so I had ordered it fairly quickly before I had even um, closed on the business. But I had the lease in hand. And for whatever reason, the distributor and alliance let that fly. Order was placed. I ran it for maybe a month. And he was cool enough to basically say, listen, when's your equipment landing? Because he used the same distributor. And it's like, mm -hmm. when's the equipment landing in the warehouse? And the, are the reps like, it's probably going to be here, let's say, the 15th. He's like, all right, for the next 30 days, my guy is going to be at your disposal. So his repair guy would come every three or four days. So if a 20 that was, you know, 30 years old took a dump, he was there, you know, getting it up and running. So he, you know, that was great. I was lucky to take to, care uh, of yeah. to have that. Like and that. He basically just kept me running um, till that equipment landed. And as soon as that equipment landed, he's like, all right, you're on your own now, kid. And yep. Time good to enough, uh, the guys were able to pull that equipment within four or five days. So I just started tagging stuff. As soon as it broke, I'm like, I'm not fixing this. And we, I just put a sign up in the store saying, you know, improvements coming. Please bear with us. And uh, it worked out. Nice. Uh, okay. So, uh, you know, you, you put some new equipment in, you, you deep clean the sucker. Yep. Uh, I mean, did you see growth, uh, like right away? Did you see yeah. growth at all? Right away. What was, but what was the, that like? The efficiency, definitely. I noticed the efficiency right away. So you, the bills just basically plummeted by, you know, 30, 40% just with that new equipment. And I was green in the industry, you know, not like, you know, what we are doing today, but like I barely had a website up. You know, I barely, you know, you know, I basically all I did was paint, clean, new machines. And that was like the first six to seven months. That was it. And it was just me being on site, you know, cleaning the place top to bottom every 48 hours. Pretty much I was there cleaning the place top to bottom. I had it down to like about an hour I could come in. And um, it was luckily it was close enough to my house, close enough to my station that I could get there. If I woke up early enough, say I woke up at like four in the morning, I could get there at say like four 30, I could clean it till six thirty seven, And then that gave me enough time to get to the station. And so I'd be at the station and then I'd jump on the cameras and just cry all day as it got dirtier and dirtier. And dirtier. I <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like knowing what's going to happen. And so after uh, six or seven months of doing that, I was able to hire a gal. And I had a gal come in and she was great, local, lived right by the laundromat and she was perfect. And we just worked out a deal. You know, I gave her XYZ uh, a week and, you know, a bunch of quarters so she could do her own laundry when she wanted uh, as she was cleaning. And uh, it worked out great. I think she's actually still there. I'd have to call the guy who I sold it to. I think she's still there. Um, she was great. Yeah. That's awesome. It makes a big deal when you get somebody yeah. good, especially early on like oh. that. You don't have to go through a whole Absolute bunch of people. Life. And if some, yeah. if, and we would trade off because sometimes, you know, she'd have to go see her kids or something out, out of town and she'd give me a heads up like, hey, I'm not going to clean this weekend. I'm out of And so we'd do it and then we'd work in concert together. Like, well, I'll clean it before I go to the station. Do you think you can touch on it before you leave town for the weekend? Sure. And so it'd be like that kind of thing. Or I'd text her like, hey, it looks like someone just exploded a 60 pounder with soap and, you know, it's all over. She'd go, okay, no worries. I'll go, I'll go grab it before I, I leave town. And then it won't be touched for 12 hours and it'll look like it hadn't been touched in three days. You know, because yeah. it's just craziness. Dryer sheet hits the floor. It's a free for all. Yeah. And yeah. that's what I learned, like that experience. Um, and I kind of transitioned to uh, the new place with, uh, with Carly and her team. I tell them, listen, I understand this place can be immaculate. 
I'm not going to be that guy who's going to come into the store and all of a sudden be like, there's, a, you know, there's a dryer on the, on the ground or there's a soda spilled. I mean, 10 minutes ago, it could have been perfect. You know, there's no, you know, you just have yeah. to do the best you can. Yeah. Carly, I don't understand why you don't want to own one of these things. <laughs> okay. So, uh, oh, real quick. I mean, how did you find that cleaner? Oh, just local, just local. I just put a sign up in the building and. I had to go through five or six. It wasn't just one, one and done. You know, I, I hired and fired probably uh, four of them before uh, she, uh, she took over and uh, she just happened. And she ran a daycare. She ran a daycare out of her house, like in the neighborhood behind the laundromat and it was perfect. And so um, occasionally she'd had a little, you know, baby little dumplings coming in behind her and say, sitting in the chairs. This is why she was so good. Oh. She bring <laughs> all the kids over there and put them all to work. Tiny hands like can get into all the crevices. You know, that's right. <laughs> that's a that's that's work life skills right there. Yeah, that's a, yeah. That's so a value that, add yeah. to that daycare. Yeah, come on. It worked out great. It worked out great. Um, but like I said, it takes time. And Carly will yeah. speak to that. She she goes through uh, candidates. Uh, you know, five to get one, basically. Yeah. 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 Uh, we're we're going to get there. Hang tough, Carly. You're, you're hanging tough. I like it. It's okay. It's a first one. Yeah, it's a process. That's right. Uh, okay. So, uh, so you, you ran this thing, you, you kind of improved it. Uh, mm-hmm. It sounded like you had it for maybe like six years, five, six yeah, years. If, that... I, if I went back to my logs, it probably was a total of, I started to sell it at the four year mark, took about six, seven months to get that right buyer. So four and change probably, you know? Yeah. So out of curiosity, I mean, so what made you decide to sell it? I you, you knew you had a crystal ball. And yeah, like, I did. Oh, yeah, something's happening, ball. and I got to get out now before it happens. I had a bad experience with the wash dry fold. Um, the laundromat I felt on the self serve side had reached its peak. The equipment um, I just brought in new sixties and eighties, so I had about three four year old forties and twenties, and brand new. 60s and 80s and i knew i wanted to expand and i knew i didn't like paying rent and i Mm -hmm. saw it march out where my rent was going to be and i thought you know what and i actually approached the landlord because the strip center was five or six units and dad had just died and i basically let it sit for five six months i reached out to her like would you consider selling me the plaza because for me, what I put into this plaza, you know, I was bringing a lot to the table. You know, I was there mm-hmm. constantly, constant communication with her maintenance crew, constant communication with her, you know, something going on, you know, uh, with the, the homeless in the area or if there was something that needed fixed because it affected my business. You know, so mm-hmm. if there was, you know, people parking, you know, trailers in the in the parking lot and just taking off for hours, I'd say, hey, this isn't right. You know, I my customers need. So I was doing a lot of bringing a lot to the table and I felt if I'm putting this amount of work into it, you know, I should be getting something back for this. And it, you just saw, you just saw the, the, the lease march out with the cam increases and it just got to a point where I was like, all right, I, I know I'm probably at my peak value of this laundromat with what I've done self-serve wise. I don't think I can increase the business any farther than this. Um, with the prices that I was charging and the location and all those things stacked up. And I knew I wanted to own the property eventually. 
And she was just, yeah, she's like, it's not in the cards right now, not in the cards right now. Okay, okay. So, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to put it out there with uh, to see if I can get the number that I want. And it was a good number. I put it out for a good number and it took. And I wasn't really super motivated to sell it anything less than that number because I knew what I had. I had all the documentation from the um, the uh, controls that I had with uh, with Alliance on the, the Speed Queen Insights. So I had all the documentation. There was no... This is the number. This is what these machines are doing. Sign the NDA. I'll slide this over. You can see exactly what these machines are doing. You don't need to backtrack the utility bills or this is it, you know? And so I knew I had all that data and I could get my number and I had to sit on it for six, seven months. And the original buyer who came um, didn't give me the number that I wanted. And eventually six months later, he circled back around and we got the number done at the right price. And it just happened to be, 2020 january february of 2020 and literally signed the papers i remember being at the closing table with the lawyer and we're all sitting there laughing like what do you think this little flu thing's gonna do and like ah probably you know it's just probably gonna stay over there and not you know it's it's it is what it is and a couple of weeks later kids are out of school for a year and a half or whatever so, yeah. so you're you know, the one was, who jinxed us all yes that's, that's <laughs> what i'm taking away so, from this <laughs> so is this this Dumb luck, good timing. And I'm still, you know, fairly friendly with that guy who I sold it to. He actually has a second location close by. And we we pick up the phone, we chit chat, we talk. He asked me for help and you know, we've we've traded ideas and I've helped him grow that business um up, you know, from what it was. And he took a little dip and he's improved it. He's improved from what I gave it to him at. So all good things. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and you know, the the reason I was asking you why you sold it is because People are always asking me why why would somebody sell a laundromat? And there's yeah. you know, especially if it's profitable. And there's a lot of really good reasons to yeah. you know, I think, you know, wanting to scale or having I don't want to say bigger as aspirations or yeah. just different aspirations. It may be bigger, maybe not bigger, um, but different aspirations is uh it's a good reason to sell, right? Like you wanna own there's, you there's own the so many and, different ways to run the laundromat. And there's everyone's got a thousand and one different reasons why they get into the laundromat business and why they get out of the laundromat business. And, you know, we don't have to go down this rabbit hole, but what ended up happening uh, in that little area is like the, what I call the perfect storm, uh, old guy, a uh, ton of money, you know, wasn't giving it away to his kids and maybe less than a half a mile from my old store, he bought a building and come hell or high water, he was going to put a laundromat in there. And it's just like, there's certain, this particular area of Tampa, I felt it could only handle so many laundromats and it had three or four. And this guy was going to bring the fifth in. And mm -hmm. it was just like, you know, and he, and I had a couple of meetings with him after the fact, just kind of like, you know, chit chat with him. because I just like networking and, and talking with guys. And I asked him like, um, why, why are you building a laundromat here? And his answer was like, cause it was a building that was close to my house. That's it. That's your reason. Yeah. It was close to my house. All right. Well, yeah. what are you doing? You know, this is, what do you do? This is, I kind of laid out the industry to him a little bit. He was a dry cleaning guy. I said, well, this is kind of how many machines are in this area. And this is kind of the demographic that would serve. And if you bring in 40 more machines into this area, do you really think you're going to pull all this business from all these guys? Or do you think everyone's just going to be a little less? It's just going to be thinned out a little bit. And he's like, oh, okay, 
I'm like, I'm not giving it to my kids. And it's, you know, it's for, it's for my wife. And once I'm gone, she can have it and her family can run it any way they want. It was just, and that's potentially your competition. You could be potentially mm-hmm. going up against something like that, where it's like, I don't care, you know? Yeah. So that's the, the, the good and the bad of the laundromat industry. There's zero barrier to entry. If you have the capital, no one's going to stop you. A distributor is not going to stop you from putting in a laundromat right next door to a laundromat. So, and this no. is what you've talked about in you. other podcasts. We don't have to go down that that wormhole. We can, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's not only other owners. That's the other yeah. thing too, right? It's like yeah. there's there's bigger companies you, doing the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. You're competing. Make no mistake when you're getting into this business or you're in this business. And most guys who are in this business, you're competing not only against other locations, other potential owners, and a distributor. The distributor is your competition. Whether you want it to like it or not, the distributor is your competition. They're going out looking for those places just like you are. And do you think if they find a location, they're going to share it with someone who uses a different manufacturer? Probably not. Nope. They're going to call you maybe. They probably won't call you at all. You know, So they're probably only going to give it to their potential new custom, new owner leads that they have. So there's a cat and mouse game with distributors, as you're well aware of, that you have yeah. to play when you're in the laundromat business. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, okay. Awesome. So you sold that laundromat and then you just sat for a little bit. So yes, while you're I sitting, sat on it. Yeah. Yeah. Sat. While you're sitting, let's talk Big to Carly. On, uh, <laughs> on LoopNet. Living, living the life in tropical Florida. In tropical uh, Florida, there. trying to not go yeah. insane with kids at home during COVID. Were you, yeah. Were you were you working or anything at all? Were I, you the fire department? Just fire department. Just doing my fire. You're still doing thing. fire department. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Are you still doing fire? Absolutely. Fire department. I'm not okay. going to leave awesome. that until it's time to retire. So yeah, yeah. it's a great gig and it fits oh. really well. I think yeah. with something oh, like it's it's dramatic. it's a perfect. Again, don't have to go down this wormhole, but. You know, I firemen are, you know, a, a lot of us are entrepreneurs, you know, on our side gig. You go to a drive by a fire department, you're going to see three different kind of company vehicles in that lot. Um, and it's just uh, it's just a good fit. You know, you, you you do your gig with the fire department. Um, I enjoy helping people. That's that's why I got into the laundry, uh, not the laundromat, the fire department. Uh, enjoy doing that. Um, we're dual certified here in Florida. I'm a fireman and a paramedic. So, you know, it's 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 a great gig. Every day is new. Um, but on your off days, you have 48 hours to, you know, do whatever you want to do. You know, get your get uh, get something going. So it's it's great. Good, good mix. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, you sit with your, you know, vodka or whatever you got going on over there, and uh, put your feet up. He does. And uh, let's 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 talk with Carly. Carly, yes, you've been patiently waiting over there. Uh, all right, so so let's let's go back. Let's go back. You come okay. up with this idea to start cleaning other people's clothes. First of all, you know. Can you, can you tell me how you just kind of got started like day one? Like, how do you even just start doing this? Okay. So my first step was I decided, so just all the weeks I started this pretty much when things were shut down from COVID. Mm -hmm. Um, so we moved to Florida, we moved to Sarasota and it was like right in the middle of the pandemic. Um, we up and left. We were moving anyway, but we decided to go early from Kansas. We left. We came here. 
So we're in like a, a Airbnb waiting for a house to close, closing our house and everything shut down. Um, I had a pool, so most days we're just spending it in the pool. But I worked with a local guy, not a local guy, but a guy that I knew in Kansas, and we got a website up and running. Um, and that was the first step. So all I pretty much had was the website, and then we put a phone number out there. Um, and I really did, like, no marketing whatsoever except for that. Um, and I ran, we ran a few, like, Google ads, but it was super, not Google ads, like, um, no, yeah, Google ads, certain Google ads. But it was super cheap, didn't spend a lot of money because I really didn't want to spend too much going into this. Like I wanted to keep it as cheap as I possibly could. So surprisingly, nothing really happened for the first two weeks or so. But then surprisingly after that, some like pool started coming in. And I got, you know, just a few residential customers to start off with, like here and there, nothing too big, just small. Those ones started coming in. And then because it was COVID, a lot of companies had been shut down. And then as soon as everything started opening up, we started getting contacted by companies that wanted to start getting back into the swing of things. So we ended up getting a, a, a one of the um, pool company, like the pool towers that we still do to this day, the community, um, a housing community, like beautiful houses, but they have a, like a gym on site. They have like a pool with a bar, um, like nice amenities, but they... Do they send out all their pool towels and their gin towels and everything? And we got them because the old Golden Company they did, they no longer wanted to do it for them because they didn't have enough anymore because it, they were just starting back up after COVID. So we, I took them on because I was like, that's fine. Starting up like a little bit, like a few bags is better than nothing for me, but it wasn't enough for the old company anymore. They didn't want to do it. So, um, they lost us my game because they ramped up again. And I mean, now like we're there every single day. And they send maybe anywhere from like five to nine bags every single day of pool towels. Dang, and in that's... the laundry business, like you know, pool towels yeah. and towels in general are one of the easiest things that you can get because yeah. they are so folding. Like my girls love a towel over anything. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, it was just it was so crazy the way it all just started, but and it's sort of a whirlwind now that I look back and it's a lot of pieces to put into place, but just starting it out. It was just, it was started very, very small and then got big pretty quickly. Yeah. Do you think those, those initial customers, like the few you got for the residential and then when things started opening up the commercial mm-hmm. lines, do you think, do you think they found you from your ads or from just Google search or how do you think they found you? Do you have any idea? Um, they said they found on Google, but I'm not sure if it was the ads or just, but when I first started, I know that I didn't rank well on Google. So I'm, I'm presuming it had to be from the ads. Um, the ranking on Google has taken like a, a process to get me up to where we are mm. now, which is good, but, um, yeah. 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 Well, and the, the SEO, the search engine optimization stuff, I mean, it takes, it takes time to get indexed time. and then it takes time. Google runs all these tests to figure yep. out where they should put you. And so it all, it does take time. Right. And so yep. it's great to have that long-term, but that short-term plan of getting <laughs> customers. Now those ads are really great. Cause you can just skip all that process and just jump right to the top because money talks. Right? Yes. Money talks. Uh, and we get a lot of word of mouth as well, which is good. Like I think one of our main things now is, is recommendations from other people. Um, yeah. People always call and be like, Oh, so I recommended you. And yeah. Okay, so 
good. Sorry. No, no, just, that's one of our main our main ways of getting clients is word of mouth. Yeah, but you got to have clients first to get the word of mouth, which is nice, right? So, so it's true. that momentum thing, right? It's, you got to get that momentum rolling and get those first clients in and then take care of them. Learn your lessons yep. quickly on how to how to take care of those clients and, and get them in there uh, and, and make them happy, right? Yep. And then they start recommending you. That's awesome. And kudos to you. I mean, I think it speaks a lot also uh, when you one of your primary drivers of, of growth is word of mouth that just says you're running a really good operation over there. So we kudos try. to you for that. <laughs> yeah, good. Uh, okay, so when you started, did you – okay, when did the garage – set up sort of coming was that right from the get-go you were you were operating out of that garage or pretty much yeah okay. yeah as soon as we moved into the house um i was like we have to do something so like very shortly after people started calling i was starting to get set up we moved in um we went out we bought like the biggest washer and dryer that they sell um like in the stores but without it being like a huge commercial one we just bought the biggest one that we could what do you, you ended up um, having like what three or four in there? No, not well. I had three washers and just two dryers. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So crazy. Um, and yeah, because I wasn't keeping up. Like one washer and one dryer, just it was taking you were, forever. You were um, ramping up as I was doing the build out down there, right? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I remember you emailing me like, "Hey, do you recommend this washer dryer?" While you're expanding your garage, I was working on the building. You yeah. were still building out that garage setup. Yeah, I remember that now. Yeah, okay. yeah. So pretty much right away, I took over like the garage, so that was yeah. out any kind of parking. Like it was just yeah. it was my space. Pretty much. Um, and that's where I was until yeah. yeah, from when I started in April twenty twenty, May twenty twenty, to when I moved in with Ryan like January of twenty twenty one. I think we, yeah. No, no, no. It was it was December of December of twenty twenty two. Yeah, so yeah, December December of twenty one. You were there. December you of the public. Yeah, that's right. December yeah. of twenty twenty one. I started yes. just doing it. In, yeah. We were finally able to get her in yeah. at December twenty one, and we weren't open to the yeah. public. She started re- operating probably for oh. two three weeks by herself in there, and then finally we were able to open up to the public maybe right before Christmas or right yeah. after. Yeah, so. that was right. So from May 2020 until December of 2021, I was yep. operating. Why did you just Wow. So it was like yeah. a year and a half. That yeah, was it was like... a year and a half. Yeah, looking oh. back, it was crazy. But um, it it was a good way to get into it because it was just, I was pretty much cash blowing for everything. So it was nice. Like the van and, you know, everything was just adding up. And, but yeah, I got to the point where I was like, we have to... We're either shutting everything down and we're just closing this tomorrow, or I have to move location. Like it's not going to work anymore. Yeah. How How were you feeling? Like before, right before you, you know, struck this agreement to kind of go in and and uh, use Ryan's laundromat. Like, how were you feeling? Like, were you leaning one way or the other? Were you like, I don't know if I want to keep doing this, or were you I like, I so, got to figure out a way? I was so stressed out. Yeah. The stress of it was was crazy. It was just all day long and it was every day and it was so much luxury <laughs> and it was overwhelming. Like I would go out there sometimes, just look at it and just walk back in and be like, oh my God, I want to do with this. Like I just, I don't want this to is do this. Teaser. But... Teaser. Hey Carly, you want to do a 3 a.m. fold session? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she there was got... like nights where 
I I would go to bed because I was so tired and my husband was in would just be out there just putting more towels into the dryer just so I could fold them when I woke up the next morning. I mean, it was just absolute insanity. Um, and looking back, I don't know why we why I did it, but I got through it and it was all fine. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and especially the first days, well, I would do it on, and I'd be like, "Okay, now I have to go deliver it." And it just—it was all day long, every single day. Like it would never. And I, I got to a point of time where I was just like, "Well, no, I was like, I don't want anyone my phone to ring. Like, I don't want it to ring. I don't want any more clients. I don't want anyone to talk to anybody else." But I'm also the kind of person like, if somebody calls me, I take them on, and I'm just like, "Okay, we're going to make this work." Yeah, you. Yeah. You, yeah. That, well, I mean, it's a good problem to have, but it's, I, I get it. Like it, it's overwhelming and stressful overwhelming. and absorbs your whole yeah. life. And it, and you get to that point where you're like, why am I like, why am yeah. I doing this? Right? Like, doing this? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just washing everybody else's stuff all day right. and all night. Like, this is crazy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's hard to do it too. I mean, you're, you're pretty limited. You've got these like, were they all uh, like residential washers or did you get commercial washers in there too? I did in end up doing like one. Um, it was like a Maytag one. The other ones were, um, they called, oh, I forgot the name of them. Or something like that. They're, they're all called now. They're all called That's all that really matters. I don't remember. Yeah. I blocked it all out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, art, but no, art. I mean, and thankfully we had the luxury of a pretty big space, um, like garage space, and then we had another garage where we could park our cars, which you know no. was, was the saving grace that we have the luxury of that. But still, it wasn't enough; it wasn't big enough. Yeah. But, what are you What are you doing with that garage now? You parking oh, well, in actually, it? Actually, funny enough, now my sister in law lives with us, and she actually uses that garage. So oh, now perfect. it's actually being used. What it's supposed to be used for? <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, that's awesome. Uh, okay, so you're you're like going like mad. You're doing laundry twenty four seven in your garage. Your husband is. Does he work too? Is he like he does? He does. He's like work, working yeah. a job and then doing laundry with you after, and you're going to bed. Yeah, he doesn't do too much laundry because he obviously he doesn't fold very well. But the, like he would try to put stuff <laughs> in the dryer and fold. Yeah, if he tried to help you fold, it would be a mess. We, we couldn't gonna, send it out. But I'm gonna have he would the editor... help like put stuff in the dryer, like pull towels in. <laughs> you know, even my mother-in-law would come over and I'd be like, hey, do you want to earn some money? <laughs> do you want to pay? I'll pay you to find some laundry today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to have the editor clip that yes. uh, yeah. that part of you uh, talking about your husband. I'm just going to email it yeah. over to him and just say, hey, <laughs> listen, this happened. No, you know what it is? I have a ton of respect. For, I don't know your husband at all, but I have a ton of yeah. respect for him because, listen, we all know anybody can fold a towel. So... If he quote unquote can't fold a towel, he did that intentionally, so he didn't have to fold towel. So I got a lot of respect yeah. for him. No, the towel like, yeah, yeah. yeah, like the the regular clothes. Yeah. Okay, so you're going like crazy. You're going like mad at your at your uh, in your garage uh, doing all this laundry. You're getting stressed out. You're starting to say, "Why am I doing this?" Mm-hmm. Where did where did the connection with Ryan come in? How did you guys get connected initially, and what did that look like? You know, how did that relationship Yeah, so develop? he contacted me through my website. Like, I got, like, a contact form because people can just contact me on my website and make an inquiry. Um, and I got one from Ryan one day, and he said, I don't remember exactly what the email said now, but it was, I'm opening a building here in, in Bradington. Like, I saw you do wash dry fold, and you wanted to connect. So I was kind of like, huh, well, maybe. Like, maybe this could be a thing. Like, um, mm. you know, 100%. Legit, but you never know these days what people are up to. But 
ended up talking to him on the phone. We had a conversation. And I was telling him all, all my craziness. <laughs> and I can't <laughs> But, um, and then I went and saw, like, we decided to, when he was down, we decided to meet up. And I went and saw the, the laundromat that now is in its original form. Um, and we had a meeting there. And then we just kind of went from there. Yeah, we tried to just, like, put things into place. And, and then I came home and I was like, well, yeah, I need to either... It's something I need to do, or we're just gonna, we're gonna stop. So we decided to go ahead and, and yeah. partner up. Yeah. So Ryan, real quick, like, did you did you reach out to her with the intention of inviting her to kind of do her? Like, did you know her crazy yes. situation? Like, this, absolutely. This girl is in her garage. Yeah, she could probably come do it at my place. <laughs> or like, what was the on your well, from your side? This- this particular building, like I said, it was a complete dump. It was a zombie mat times a thousand, um, was not making any money. Uh, the guy who I bought it off of probably wasn't a good fit for the laundromat business to begin with. He bought it maybe three or four years prior to that, um, was living there, was living at the laundromat. Um, and so he, the building I think is right around 3000 square feet. Let's just say he was living in 900 to a thousand of that. So the laundromat was the 2000, his side was at, and over the like years, as living. You, what's that? He was like literally living in living, living. Yeah. Okay. like, I thought you meant like, he kitchen. was like, no, you know, illegal. like she was living in her garage kind of yeah, thing. No, no, no. <laughs> I was living there. Like, <laughs> he was like living, living. The broker who sold the building, who, who you know, we're, we're buddies now. Uh, he, he was, he tried to paint a picture that like, oh, he only stays here when it's really busy at night sometimes and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay. So anyway, um, he was living there. I knew he wasn't making a ton of money. He probably was just barely paying his, his utility bills. And he was astronomical repair bills. The place was, you know, had 30 year old equipment in it. It was just a hodgepodge. Uh, but it had the good bones and it had the square footage. So I knew it would work. Um, through the build-out process, uh, let's just say I did a creative build-out process that had some permits and some not permitted. So mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. doing a lot of bootstrapping down there. A lot of the demo was me. A lot of uh, had a crew down there. And it literally took me probably a month to get all of his stuff out. Like he, we closed. It was one of those crazy closing stories. We closed on the building. I went down to the lawyer's office with my broker who represented me, did the transaction, signed the paperwork, was was given the keys. And then at the 11th hour, the lawyer calls me that closed the, that was closing the private. He's like, we can't find him. We don't know where he is. He hasn't signed the paperwork yet. Mm-hmm. We all got to just take a beat here. He's like, you think you need to return the keys? Because we can't find the seller. So I don't know what happened, but at the 11th hour, the lawyer called me at like 6.45 at night and says, signed, we're good. He was delivered to the, the office to sign. So whatever was going on on his side... <laughs> He was delivered. (laughs) That's what I was told. He was delivered. Persuaded to come to the office. (laughs) So who did you hire, Ryan? Who did you hire? (laughs) So we got that done and it just took me like a month just to get to the point where it was just a a bare space. I mean, he left everything, everything. It took me a month just to get everything to goodwill. That was goodwill. Then the rest of the trash got it cleaned out. And then as we started doing the demo of the equipment um, and selling that off to, um, Who'd we sell that to? Oh, the guys down in Lauderdale. Laundry owner's warehouse. Recommended. Oh, yeah. You're going to sell old equipment? Mm-hmm. Sell it to those guys. They're the best. Very quick transaction. 
Um, and so they got out, uh, battled those bases, those old iron, steel, whatever you want to call them, medieval torture tools, bases, all of myself. Got it down to that point. And then I looked at my wife and I said, I don't want to do the wash dry fold here. I'm not going to do wash dry fold. We got this thousand square foot of space. I can get a light business in here and get a lease and barbershop. Blah, blah, blah. But my, I told her like the first thing I'm going to try to do is get someone to do wash dry fold in here. And there was a few down in Sarasota and I just was looking at them and she had a great little website. And I just said, you know, flyer at 11 o'clock at night. I shot her an email saying, Hey, this is what I got. You want to talk? And it just kind of went from there. And we had a couple meetings and she came and saw me at the building. It was, you know, all discreetly papered windows. And I opened up, I said, knock twice and I'll open the door for you. That type of thing. <laughs> she came well, like in. Establishing and, a uh, secret code early on is important. She, I think she saw me head to toe and completely disgusting. And she's like, this is what I'm like, this is going to be a really cool laundromat. And this is going to yeah. be your space. And she's like, you sure. And so, <laughs> we went back and forth for a while, just, you know, keeping in contact. And uh, she saw the progress, you know, slowly but surely. It took a while. Um, eventually, we had to start doing some permitted work. And, of course, as you know, permit work takes a lot longer than it should and check all the boxes. And so she was kind of chomping at the bit there for a while because it was like October. And I said, oh, you'll be in by November. Like November comes. Oh, you'll be in. So we finally got her in. <laughs> uh, we got her up and running. And... Uh, she was out of her garage. And so, you know, I had an experience with wash, dry, fold, pick up and delivery. And I just, we just kind of worked together and, you know, what works for me works for her and what works for her works for me. And so it's a big, really nice symbiotic relationship, um, especially with me being, you know, based in Tampa. Um, she has, you know, we, we went through a lot of ups and downs that first year of, you know, her, her crew and, you know, helping her get through the, find the right mix. I mean, we were, Again, super lucky. We found our manager that is in the neighborhood, and she was, I believe, she was yeah, our I mean, first. She, just, she was the first person I hired. Person. Yeah. And, and it just happened to be that, like, the day I was in there moving yeah. stuff in, and she knocked on the door and she was like, Are you hiring? Yeah. Uh, and she lives, like, literally, the laundromat is here, and she lives next to the laundromat. So, any yeah. issues, like, she can just walk over the 30 mm -hmm. seconds and she's at the laundromat, which is great. <laughs> so, awesome. yeah, she's been there from day one. Uh, pretty much. And she's yeah. still, so she's still working. Thankfully now she's a manager. Yeah. Now she yeah. manages. So everything, which is what I made a lot of back. So, yeah. yeah. So that was, we were lucky for that. And, um, we just slowly went through a lot of bumps and bruises, the building. I had washers working and dryers working, but we weren't really officially a hundred percent done. And we just kept on chipping away at it for, four or five months and we just keep refining and refining and you know here we are almost we just had two years right two years uh yeah. this past uh holiday season so um we're just humming along now we got the right mix of uh people down there working and uh, everything seems to be seems to be going good and it's great because there's a level of trust with carly her team me so if she needs something she can reach out to me if i need something she can reach out you know, if I, if I have guys coming down to work at the laundromat, you know, the manager down there just helps, you know, gives the guys the access that she needs, they need. And, you know, it's, it's group. And I, I like to keep a tight group of people who actually work there. So she's very familiar with the guys who are coming and she's like a little pit bull for me. If someone shows up wanting access, she's like, nah, I don't know who you are. Like, I've never met you before. So <laughs> she'll text Carly or I, it's like, who's this person? I go, oh, I forgot. It was this, you know, this guy was coming today. That's his new, you know, helper or whatever. And 
So it works out. It's good. Yeah. It, I mean, we already talked about this, but it makes all the difference when you get the right person oh, in there. Helping 100%. You out. Yeah. I mean, 100%. we had some bad ones in there at times. There was, especially oh, we, Yeah. Ryan we, put me oh, the like, nice. find a nine fun Like, it started out like, with, like, what is happening? Like, Carly and I, our arrangement was her team would do the cleaning and, you know, they would operate the, the laundry service and the customer service, the on-site customer service. But just like anyone, like what Dave talks about is like, if something should happen to Carly's crew, like, you never know. Hospital sickness, something happens where they're not operating that day. My laundromat runs completely fine self-service. I have ways of customers can contact me directly through the website, through a, a text-only phone. It's 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 handled. I have controls for the machine. So if someone texts me, it's very easy. I can just start and stop the machine. And the neighborhood, I've I built a trust with the neighbor that I, I I feel most people know who I am down there and they know worst case scenario, they need a $20 refund and no one's there. I'm just going to get it to them the next day. Anyway, it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, a, it's a good setup, but back to the cleaning, she got so busy where it got to a point where she's like, I can't do the cleaning anymore. I can't have my team doing the cleaning and trying to keep up with my orders. I'm like, all right, well, let's bring in, I'll, I'll bring in someone else. So we brought in someone else and it, she was running a salon in the back at one point. I think in the middle of the night, she's like dyeing people's hair. We're like, yeah, like- <laughs> some of the craziest things on the cameras from this cleaning person in the nighttime. And we're just it's- the next day, we're like, she's dyeing hair, she's like bringing in things and having like a party. And she um, knows, like, we have cameras. Like, I have a not, we yeah. we have a really good security system in there that, like, if we want, can alert us to any movement in a certain section of the store. I was like, you well, know there was that one time where there was that, remember that back room? The very back room did not have a camera. It was the only right. place in the, that's, that did not have a camera. And that's where she and, would go. Yep. And then for like one day, my, I had a, a girl that came in at four o'clock in the morning and she came in and she found her in the back room with like this guy. And we, we she was freaked out. And we're like, oh my God, what was she doing back there with a guy? <laughs> so yeah, she mm. was a fun one. So fast forward. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah. went through a lot of those and then we eventually landed on a commercial cleaning outfit that just comes in at night and they're perfect. And they do yeah. they do some stuff that works with Carly as well. They work in vacation rentals and that it's kind of a symbiotic thing there as well. So and she's got four or five different crew members that like you know, if one can't make it, the other's getting there. So every seven days a week, three hundred and sixty five days a year, the place is completely spotless at eleven o'clock at night, and then her crew just spot cleans all day so it's a perfect you know mix uh we didn't talk about this beforehand but i know if you're willing yeah can you give me a ballpark of like what does that cleaning crew cost you ish just shy of two thousand a month okay that's so I, that's awesome and she and she she cuts me a break because it's consistent and it like it just again just kind of fell like that i think it's kind of like a loop for her or her crew Cause they do a lot of commercial buildings at night and it's like their last stop on the way home. And so mm-hmm. they have access to the building. I have, you know, access control uh, time blocks at night. We close at 11 o'clock at night. Her crew usually shows up around nine, nine 30. They're there till 10, 10 30, sometimes 11, depending if they had a busier day. And usually when I check on the cameras, it's either Carly's crew finishing up or the cleaning crew finishing up and place is spotless ready for 6 AM opening the next day. Yeah. Awesome. Yep. Uh, okay. So going rewinding one, one more quick time. Yeah. Uh, 
you you worked real hard on building this thing out. You did a bunch of stuff. You had a crew to help you with a bunch of stuff. Yep. This location beforehand was sounded like it was a little bit of a disaster uh, yeah. slash hoarder. <laughs> what what was the reception like when you when you finally opened the doors of the public? Uh, how yeah. did people respond? How how long ish did it take you to get to like a break even point uh, with that mat? You know any of that stuff? First month. First month. You're there. I never yeah. had a problem paying anything. It was first month. I mean, I was smart. I um closed up the closed up the the building, but I was still marketing coming soon, you know, and I had signs out there coming soon. Um, Texas number for, I th- I had some sort of promotion text to give me, I was just trying to collect data of the local mm-hmm. people. And every time I was there, people are knocking on the glass. What's going yeah. on here? Thanks for cleaning this up. Or I'd be outside dumping a load of trash and people were like, Oh, you know, they, or I had those bases out. I stacked all the bases out and the, the neighbors, you know, the scrap metal, like, Hey, can I have this? Can I have this? This is great. And I'm going to tell my cousin that you're opening up and blah, blah, blah. You know, so that type of stuff. So it was throughout the entire build out, which approximately took, I'd say six, I think eight months. If I bought it in, April, so yeah, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November. Yeah, eight, nine months to, to get the place doors open again. So uh, there was a lot of buildup, you know, and I had customers. I saw um, customers walking by with laundry, with bags full of laundry and their laundry carts going down to the little, you know, zombie mat down the street. And they'd ask me every time if they caught me in the parking lot, like, hey, are you going to be open soon? I'm like, mm hmm. The money pit. Two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. Another two weeks. Another two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. Always so, two weeks out. Yeah. It's always two weeks. So, <laughs> but uh, we got her done. But yeah, it was very quick. Very quick with, um, and then once I opened, I did the double your money um, to get the neighborhood really into uh, into the door. And that worked uh, fairly well. We did that for about a month or two and then shut that down. And uh, it's been rocking and rolling since then. That's awesome. That's awesome. Carly, how how far is the laundromat from your garage, <laughs> or um, your house? Um, twelve minutes. Oh, okay, so it's pretty yeah, close. Pretty close. Yeah, which is funny because like the two areas are so very different. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, like where I buy like the big mall over here and like the the parks, and then you go over to Bradington. But yeah, the twelve minutes, which is actually really nice. So I'm yeah. really not far. Um, which is really convenient for Ryan as well. But um, yeah. Not always yeah, yeah. the right brass because we're like, I need nothing. And yeah. it, it was especially bad yeah, in the right. beginning because he had, he had like this slide. I remember the sliding glass door. Oh. And when he first opened, every night here's, the sliding glass door was off the hinges. And he's like, the sliding glass door is off the hinges. Can one of you fix it? So many times again, my poor husband would go like till no. overnight to the laundromat and put the but, sliding glass door. If you do an automatic sliding door, get a push to exit button. For those yes. people to push, they have to take a minute, let the door open, then they walk out. What was happening is they were trying to perfectly time a door that's brand new, that's sliding at the normal standard rate of opening, and the customers just can't wait with that cart in front of them, and they'd clip the side of it, and there it is. It's open. So like the first couple awesome. times there I am driving south in the middle of the night to fix it, 
And then yeah. finally, like a buddy of mine who is uh, a laundromat owner down there, I went to his place and you know, I was talking to them about the problems I was having starting up. And he kind of looked at me and, like cockeyed and just kind of chuckling. He's like, get a push to exit, you moron. I'm like, oh, that's right. <laughs> He's like, yeah, so look at all my stores, push to exit. <laughs> He's like, so that's that. So push to exit, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> is that so if you were if you were building it again, would you still do the sliding and just have Absolutely. that push to exit? Absolutely. You, okay. Sliding door yeah. 100%. People love it. I mean, they they I have a manual door, but they love that sliding door. They love the yeah. sliding door just to get in and out. They love it. Um they it took them maybe a few weeks to get used to that push the exit and I could it's great because I know when I have a brand new customer and they're looking like this, don't know how to get out of the building and you go show them, you know you got a brand new customer cuz, you know, they didn't know that button. <laughs> so, that's right. It's uh, yeah. it's great. Do you know, out of curiosity, do you know how much that sliding door was? It was in the I can get you the exact ballpark. I, I keep all my paperwork, but off the top of my head, I want to say it was like a eight ten thousand dollar door. Yeah, about ten eight ten yeah. grand. Yeah, that's with install and all the you know all the the stuff, and yeah. then not including the the controls that I've developed after that. You know the the push the exit the. You, know, you got to tweak the um, the motion sensor, and we have to come within the locking mechanism with that. So add-ons after that, but to get it to the to the the property, I think it was eight ten thousand dollars. Yeah, cool. Uh, okay, so Carly, I mean, I just I just want to hear, I want to hear, and I, I really I want to feel what you were feeling when you moved from your garage to this laundromat space. How? How was that like breath of fresh air? Yes. Was that like, oh man, now we got to learn this whole new space and this new system. What was it like when you move in from one location to, to from the garage to the laundromat? Yeah, it was both. Um, we moved into the spot. Like, yeah, we had a bunch of like machines and everything, but we pretty much had like nothing else. Like it was a bare space. Um, there was no tables, really. there, was, there was like very thin tables that ended up not working out at all. We had to get rid of them and get new ones. But we had rooms that all the rooms were pretty much blank, like bare. We had no shelves, like it was blank, like mm-hmm. a bare, bare space. So we we had, at least we had the, like Ryan had the, the laundry carts we could use. So I was there just by myself for the first few weeks, um, just doing some laundry, like getting a bill. But it was nice to have use all the machines because no one else was in the building at the time. So I could pretty much just use whatever machines I wanted. Um, But slowly we started adding tables. We started adding shelving. We got a front desk, a computer system. Um, And it's funny because what it looks like now is, is like night and day from what it looked like at the beginning. Like we thought I painted it because I think if my memory serves me correctly, it was like brown with like red trim all over back it was it was terrible like very ugly so then we had to paint it all like freshly white get all the painting down so flooring had to be redone so yeah yeah there was a lot of money we had to spend um to get the to get the area up to par but yeah it was it was a process but it was nice to have full use of the machines um and then i started hiring people as well which meant like training because then i had to train people so with with that you think it would just be like a a great thing but then new stresses came because mm-hmm. then we had to train and I had to show new processes and I had to learn a whole new way to do it because I was used to doing it one way and now we have to do it this way and 
we're learning the app and I'm trying to show other people the app because Ryan's machine's pretty much all app-based. Mm-hmm. Um, you can use the the coins, but, you know, we just had the app and we just used, we just used app. So yeah. yeah. So then came training and like purchasing and organizing and, and, you know, pretty much remodeling. So there was a whole bunch of new. But it was nice because I could start offsetting some of the laundry at least. Um, and, and since we've moved in, it's been a process of figuring out shifts and where people are going to fit in and what shift everyone's going to do and how we're going to like sample place from, from morning to night. But it has been a long process. And one we finally have pretty much just only recently yeah. tuned in to, to a point right now actually working well. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have to do... So, I mean, I'm curious, so you're, cause you're doing laundry in your garage and you've got that set of problems, obviously, you know, mo mo machines, mo problems or whatever, but you know, you're, those machines are, I mean, you're not, you're not paying to do the laundry other than sort of utilities there. I'm assuming you guys have some sort of relationship here where you're paying to utilize machines. So you've got, you know, your margins are you know, getting smaller now because yes. the cost to do it is going up, but you're able to do a whole lot more. Like, how did all that work out? Was that stressful trying to figure out, does this make sense? Or was it like, I just, I can't do it in the garage anymore. It, it almost, it doesn't matter almost like, or how did, how did that work for you? Did you think about that beforehand a lot, do math or do you were like, we just have to do it? Yeah. You know, honestly, I didn't, at the first, I didn't really dive into the math. I did like mm-hmm. a rough numbers thing in my head. Like, is it going to, what would I have to charge for this machine to be this? And, mm-hmm. and so I didn't really do like a deep dive into the, to the numbers in the beginning. Like I just kind of went for it. <laughs> we mm-hmm. did, we and- moved, we went up there. I was like, you know, the luxury of this thing is if it doesn't work, we're not tied into anything. Yeah. Like we kind of started a partnership with the understanding that if it doesn't work, Either one can step yeah. out. Like if we go into this and we're like, this is a disaster. This is not working whatsoever. Like we just had to give each other. I think it was what two months or one month notice yeah. or something like that. And out of the gate, we just kept I just the communication. Was, uh... Yeah, we we did a letter of agreement and we've done some amendment amendments to it since then. And I, out of the gate, we're like, let's just try this thing for ninety days. Let's see if you like it at the end of ninety days. And if you don't like it, and I don't like you, like we shake hands and leave as friends, you know. And, and it just kind of went from there. And you know, just to circle back a little bit, now that I remember this, Carly, is when she first moved in and doing all her build out, I gave her a lot of credit on the account yeah. on the apps to get because I knew like, hey, I'm I'm focused on the self serve side to get this business up and running. This is this. 8,800, 900,000 square feet is this is yours. You know, I'm going to give you a bunch of credit on the app to get to offset your costs because I know you're going to have a lot of moving costs over here. And that seemed to work pretty good. And it got up and running. You know, I was doing the double your money promotion. Carly was getting her feet uh, underneath her there, you know, operations. I mean, she probably hired and fired. 10 different people in that first 90 days, you know, it was, it was just, it was just madness for the first 90 days that we were open and we came out on the other side whole and uh, you know, we've been, we've been running, going good. So, you know, I think we're just, we've developed a good partnership and uh, you know, we're, we're good. You know, it's, it's just, it just, it just seems to be working. 
Yeah. But back into it, so no, I didn't have numbers straight off the bat. Like I just kind of went for it. I was like, okay, we're going to figure this out. You have a gut feeling of it. You know, the gut. You right. got to have the gut. And he's like, right. that's right. It should work. I don't know how Then I start diving in. Like eventually I was like, okay, I have to figure out my numbers um, because it's so important to know numbers so i did start diving and i was like okay positive machines would be this and now i have stuff so you know this is going to be this and now we buy more more detergent more fabric stuff and like everything's going up um and it was nice because you know more businesses start coming in so that does that does help but Mm -hmm. yes and then i started doing deep dives into numbers and i'm like okay well this is what i have to charge so i did have to raise my prices a little bit based on what i was charging when i first started i had to go up a little bit Um, i was gonna yeah, I was going to ask you about that. I mean, did so you did end up raising it? Like, I did. Did you raise them a lot or did you raise it a little bit over a series or how did I that? I did a little bit over a series. I didn't want to just be like, okay, we're going to go up this much. So I did a little, little by the door. Um, yeah. okay. I started raising it. And for a while, it was just kind of like breaking even at the beginning. Right. Um, and then we started raising to make to make profit. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then it, was, it was a whole different ball game because obviously when I'm here by myself, like in the talent box, <laughs> it was hardly any cost. But moving into there, there's a lot more expenses that you have to deal with. So yeah, I really had to break it down and, and figure out what I was what I was spending versus what I was making. <laughs> yeah, well, and kudos to you for for doing that. I mean, I think a lot of people don't pause because you get so wrapped up. You're doing a ton of laundry, right? And you're trying to learn all these new skills because now yep. you've got people to manage, and you know that's a whole different ball game that's a whole different skill set that you've got to have uh and you know it, it can be difficult to just pause from that or take a step back away from that to actually look am i actually making money right you know like right. i'm doing a whole lot of work here is it <laughs> am i making any money any doing it or, <laughs> yeah 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 so kudos to you for doing that awesome okay and you guys are rocking and rocking and rolling now it sounds like you guys have a, a, yeah. a good sort of working relationship uh happening here and mm-hmm. Uh, your husband doesn't have to pretend like he doesn't know how to fold stuff anymore. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know what I mean? Well, he still he's... does that. He still does that with our laundry. So okay, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Are you still doing laundry at your house? Sometimes. What? Oh my god. Sometimes gosh. because sometimes they're just so busy over there that I don't want to send yeah. mine as well. So, but there are times where we do. You know, we just get. I feel like that's the main reason to start this business is so you don't have to do your own laundry Exactly. Anymore. What's yeah. the point of it? <laughs> I hear it from my wife too up here. She's just like, can we send a load of laundry down there? Like, well, if I go down there, I have to wait for it to come back. And it's like, long well, so it's, I usually just bring down a load of our towels and I do towels every time I'm down there. Cause you know, yeah. it, I just like doing laundry and, you know, interacting with customers while I'm there and, you know, towels is easy. You can fold towels. So we do that's towels. Right. That's right. Well, next step is to get one of those big old folders, like a full text oh, yeah. folding machine. And you just she's 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 looked into it. I, we have the space for it. We have the space for it. So she's she's just waiting to land that that large large towel account, I think, and then she's going to pull the trigger on it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just did. Uh, I just met up with uh, Kent Wales, who's a previous podcast guest. Uh, he's up in Spokane, Washington. And I got a, I got a exclusive tour of his facility. He got, he has one of those machines. I was like, man, this yeah. is pretty sweet mm-hmm. for those towels, really especially. Nice. He's like, it'll go as fast as you can feed them in there. It'll just yeah. go. So it was pretty cool to see that thing doing its thing. It does look uh, good. Yeah. So don't, don't look at them though. You're going to have a folding machine envy 
uh, like I did. I'm, I'm yeah. not even doing a bunch of towels, and I'm like, oh, I kind of want one of these things <laughs> anyways. It's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, we have got a segment of the podcast called Down to Business, and we've already talked about a lot of details of your business, but just a couple other questions that uh, I you know, can ask you guys about your business details. Sure. Um, so you guys are uh, just south of south of Tampa. We already talked about mm-hmm. that. Uh, can, Ryan, can you give us a ballpark? Like, what does it cost to do laundry there? You know, ish. Yeah, sure. Some of these um, machines. I have twenties, forties, sixties, eighties, then forty-five stack dryers and seventy-five pound pocket dryers. I use uh, I have hitch equipment. So my twenties are three fifty. Um, my forties are six bucks. My sixties are eight bucks, and then my eighties are ten bucks. And I just recently did a dollar bump on the hot water for everything. And my, uh, I have extra wash, extra rinse features. Um, and they're each a dollar as well. So all my cycle modifiers, quote unquote, are $1. And then my stack 45 is three bucks for 38 minutes. 75s are four bucks for 38 minutes. So you're doing full cycle. Yeah. Full cycle. I started that back in the day. I got, I, I, Back in my first laundromat, I was just doing by the quarter thing, and I was brought, uh, shown the light to uh, full cycle dry, and it never looked back. It's immediate. You notice immediate difference in your gas bills, and I've maybe had in all my years of laundromat ownership, let's say it's almost 10 now, I think I've had one person complain about it. No one ever questions it. It's just the, it's easy to explain. Are you paying 25 cents at a time for a washer? And why are you paying 25 cents for a time on a dryer? Never have yeah. any complaints. And they're not opening and closing the doors constantly. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Do you, do you allow them to add like a quarter for more minutes on top of that? Yeah. Or? They want, and they still do it. They still do it. They still, I've, I've seen customers, they see it's three bucks, they see it's four bucks, and they just go pump, 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 whatever they have in their in their pocket. They just keep going until it starts. And sometimes they have a 50, I, I can see on the phone, they'll have 58-minute dries. You know, and I can see whether it was an apt customer or a coin customer, because you can do the math by looking, see who used it last. And, you know, a lot of the time they just pop it out at, you know, 40 minutes anyway, and they're walking and it's time just chipping away there. So yeah. it's, uh, they the you know, self-serve customer um they i've i've never heard a, a problem with the, the full cycle drive yeah awesome awesome uh carly do you mind sharing what what are you what are you charging now for for your pickup and delivery yeah so we were we were kind of doing when we first started we were doing the bag pricing um and i'm slowly coming away from that that bag pricing model um, it was just too, like with numbers and stuff, it was just trying too hard to figure out exactly whether it was worth to make the bag price. So we're going more of a club pound price um, and we charge um, for pickup and delivery, we charge 235 a pound. Um, for drop off, we charge 160 a pound. Oops. I've been telling people it's over 50. people will call my number people will call my number jordan and they're like hey you guys you drop it like yeah yeah like how much do you cost well i think they're charging a dollar fifty now and or then nine times out of ten just go there and figure it out they're like okay 
but yeah, we yeah, were no. charging more for drop off, um, but just the area, it's just yeah. the the area and the the demographic, they didn't actually get more when we when we dropped the price hmm. a little bit. So, do do you know? Do you have any like ballpark of what percentage of your business is drop off versus pickup and delivery? Yeah, drop off is only like twenty percent of okay. business. Pickup yeah, and yeah. delivery is is it's definitely amazing. yeah. Yeah, the drop off took quite a while to build up. It took a long time to get it really built enough as yeah. well. Um for the we job. We have a big snowbird um population in the area. And so it took a couple seasons for them to figure out that she's there. And now they're starting to I've noticed they've started to slowly creep up. But we're right on a border. We're actually at a really good location. We're on the border of a really good self serve area and a really good pickup and delivery drop off area. So we still we have people yeah. driving from out of area to do the to drop off, so that that seems to be working us. But you know, she's in a really good spot for that pickup and delivery. Yeah, it has been slowly increasing, so those numbers may change as well soon. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, last time I really checked it out, it was it was twenty eighteen, pretty much. Do you have a do you have a lot of? Did you keep like previous customers on the per bag just and they're just going to be grandfathered in per bag, yeah. or are you moving of, yeah. them over? Yeah, a lot of them. Were, yeah. Um, yeah, I pretty much left them alone. <laughs> I just left them alone, and they. Yeah. I did raise the price per bag a little bit, and they were fine with that. But um, they they wanted to keep their per bag model. Yeah. yeah, cool. Ryan, yeah, do you have yes. any concept of uh, what your what your laundromat does, like turns per day wise? How it's how it's doing right yeah, now? Yeah, I. I'm I'm pretty much above the the at average, you know, with her business bringing in. I'm above three turns a day, so yeah. you know, which is great. When I originally awesome. did the numbers, looking at this place, I had to hit that three, and I've been hitting that three pretty much from the first month I was open. I'm, I'm plus three, so you know, uh, never want to see Carly leave. But if she were to ever leave, I would be okay until I scrambled to find a, a barber or a florist or a pawn shop to take over that spot. Mm-hmm. So, but she'll never leave me. <laughs> awesome. She's like, I don't know. I'm tired of you. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Uh, Car- uh, Carly, do you have any idea, like, sense of like, I don't know if you track like pounds per day or per week or per month or anything like that of laundry? Do you have any sense uh, of that? Yeah. It varies so much because, like, we have busy seasons and then, like, less busy. Yeah. Um, but like a really good day for us is can be like five five hundred pounds of laundry, six hundred pounds. Yeah. Um. So for us, that's pretty good. Um. Recently, it's been a little bit less because we've had like a quieter. It's not quiet, quiet, but it, it's been more quiet than it sometimes is. Yeah. So with the vacation rentals as well, because we got a lot of those. Like we're so up and down, and and obviously it's based on how many people are booking and visiting the area as well. So, yeah. Um, kind of up and down, but yeah, a good day is about 500, 500 pounds of laundry. Yeah. That's, that's pretty good. Uh, awesome. Uh, just out of curiosity, uh, Carly, I mean, it sounds like this is, you're still full time in this thing. Is that, is that true? Do you have a sense of how many hours you're spending per week? Yeah. Or like, yeah. Doing the. In the laundromat, not so much anymore now. Mm. Um, I would say I maybe go there like two days a week. Maybe I'm there two to three hours. Um, okay. At home is where I do most of the back end work now. Like I'm just on the computer. I'm, you know, tech people still call me. I still get calls to my 
my phone when new clients, um, new clients and old clients, all the issues come to me. And just because a lot of the girls in the laundromat are like mainly Hispanic speaking, so English is not their first language. So mm-hmm. I, they don't do well on the phone. Um, so I, I deal with most of the customers, but um, most of it's just computer work. And that's maybe a couple uh, hours a day. Yeah, I was going to say, how much time-ish out of the laundromat? A couple hours a day, you think? Not a couple hours a day. Yeah, some days more, but I mean, maybe the most I've made it like three to four hours a day. Um, Dude, yeah, way to go. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. I mean, and then, I mean yeah, up until then, I was working my, my mother <laughs> to get it to where it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now. Um, and it's a lot of training. It's been a lot of trial and error. It's been a lot of like firing people, which I hate doing. And that's one of my... My, one of my downfalls is that I, I'm too nice sometimes and um, I let things go on a lot longer than some of them. Mm-hmm. See, this, is this is why we work. This is why we work together because I cannot handle employees. Right. Yeah. Carly so is Ryan's my not that nice. So just she, let him She's my it. filter. So yeah. she'll come to right. me. <laughs> she'll come to me and like I'm having trouble with this person and she'll spell it all out for me and I'll say, uh, and I'll tell her, you got to cut bait. Cut bait right now. Just do it now. Yeah. And like yeah. – and, you know, I tell her all the time, like, just have a, a, for, a help sign out, help sign out. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Just get a stack of people, a numbers to call. Because I can tell you right now, like, I call it the champagne moment when they're like, oh, that's it. This is the beginning of the end. Like, this was the, the event that we're going to track back to. And it's going to get worse from here. So yeah. she, you know, she's getting better at it. But by all means, yeah. she is way better with the girls than I would ever be. And... I'm just very grateful to have her and then our manager as well, because they both kind of call me out on my, how would you call it, Carly? Have I guess high expectations. And so Carly will tell me just to be quiet and the manager will tell me to be quiet. They'll handle it and we'll go from there. Cause I'm very hyper-focused yeah. on the right. business, building the business, cleaning, maintaining the building, customer service i'm very hyper focused on that and when there's something that to me is you know to the normal person's minute but to me it's a big deal and they mm-hmm. they'll take care of it so i usually just tell them and then they handle it and it's it's good yeah well how much time are you spending on your your business i get down there i'd like to get down there once a week for two to three hours at a time and usually I have two or three projects that our manager has stacked up for me whether she chooses to tell me or not is always a fun surprise when i show up and i thought i'm doing xyz and i have to do three more steps on top of that but that's okay uh so typically it's once a week two to three hours bad week i'll be there three times a week two to three hours so a bad week will be nine hours a good week will be three yeah good you don't get many bad weeks now, though, really. Like, I have not in a long time. I'm really averaging yeah. one. Um, mainly, that's bringing me down is a lot of uh, my wife's here mouthing at me that's more than three hours a week. But um, <laughs> <laughs> she's like, stop uh, lying. Yeah, stop lying. Busted. But, uh, yeah. Like, for instance, like, I have to, we just did a promo for, uh, we gave a TV away. And uh, for the Super Bowl, and uh, I incentivize nice. people to sign up for the app. If you sign up for the app, you get a free, you get enter a chance to win the TV. So anyway, I had a customer win the TV, and the customer was really adamant that she wanted me to be on site to give her the TV to have a picture for social media and stuff because she knows me. And I said, like, okay, I'll come back down. I'll come back down on Friday. So tomorrow I'm going back down, and you know what should be a one hour visit is probably going to turn into a two to three hour visit because one thing leads Always. to another. Yeah. yeah. And you're down there anyway, so yeah, that's fine. Yeah. yeah, 
Awesome. Awesome. Well, hey, first of all, I mean, congrats to both of you guys for working your butts off, you know, putting that putting that space together, Ryan, and yeah. you know, slaving away in your garage, uh, and trying to get your deadbeat husband to help you, you know, dry towels <laughs> and fold. No, I'm just kidding. Uh no, but seriously, I mean, I you know, it, it would be easy for people to look at, oh my gosh, she's only going down there you know, one time a week for three hours, even though your wife already outed you yeah. and that was a bold face lie. So <laughs> thanks for long you know, uh, and, and, you know, you Carly just, you know, going in a, a couple of times uh, a week now and, and to say, man, that, that sounds great. I'll do that. You know, but it's easy to miss the hours and hours and hours that you put in beforehand before that, right. to get it set up to that point and to yeah. learn really, I mean, especially for you, Carla, I mean it, but for really for both of you, like you spent a lot of time, not just setting things up, but you spent a lot of time learning and developing skills and knowledge to become the kind of person who can run a business that you go down, you know, a couple of times a week or, you know, are spending less, much less hours at like that, that takes a skill set and a knowledge base uh, to be able to do that, that you have to earn. Uh, right. And so kudos to you guys for doing that. Uh, we have another segment of the podcast called Secret Sauce. And this is, you know, for both of you, I'd, I'd like to hear like, what's your what's your number one tip, if you have one, uh, for somebody who's, you know, running a laundromat or running a, a pickup and delivery service? Uh, if you got something, what's your number one tip for them? Carly, you want to go? Or you want oh, me to go? Okay, right. I'll go first. I'll go first. I would say get um, get involved with the community out of the gate. Um, I was a big proponent of it in my first location up in Tampa. Um, one of your guests, uh, Jason, um, Jason and I are buds over here at the Laundry Project in, uh, in Tampa. He kind of got me into that mindset doing, you know, events with him at my first location. We did an event down there in Bradington um, and I just kind of kept it going from there. So we do a lot of work with nonprofits in the, in the neighborhood. I really like to work with nonprofits who directly impact my customer base, my self-serve customer base. So we try to do at least one or two uh, uh, fundraisers for nonprofits um, every uh, year. Uh, we just wrapped up one with um, uh, Mothers Helping Mothers. Uh, it's, it's a local charity that's right down the street from us. Uh, you know, expecting moms or moms in need can go down there and pretty much get whatever they need handled from baby clothes, uh, pediatric care, diapers, wipes, whatever. You know, so we did a big fundraiser for them. Um, we're able to get them a nice big check and I'd pretty much like to keep that going and it pays back tenfold. You know, people see that we're, we're helping out the community. We're not just there to take, we're there to give back as well. Um, and I, I'm not ashamed of it. I have a brag wall in the laundromat. It's, you know, I have an artist, we've been a big community outreach and we just take all our events that we've done and we post them up nice and neat. And, you know, the customers can come in and they can see all that we've done for the community. And, you know, it's, it, it just, it's just one big circle. So I would say that's the number one thing. I see a lot of laundromat owners um, not doing enough. Um, they're in the neighborhood. They're a big part of the neighborhood, um, but they're not, no one really knows who they are. So that's, that's my number one tip. I've seen a lot of, uh, I've killer. Seen, makes you feel great, you know, helping out the community and, uh, they pay you back tenfold. Yeah. That's, that's a killer tip. I love, I love that. And I, you know, and it is an opportunity for laundromats, you know, whether, you know, whether it benefits your business or not, it, it will, 
Yeah. Uh, but it's also a really good opportunity and unique to our business in, in some ways where we have this community connection. We have an opportunity to make an impact. Yeah. So kudos to you for doing that. And mm-hmm. uh, kudos to you for bringing that as your secret sauce. Carly, you, you have any, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of curious. I mean, I don't want to like, if you've got no something different to share, that's fine. But uh, Carly, I'm, I'm curious uh, if you have tips for maybe somebody who's starting out of their garage or who's starting without owning a laundromat, uh, or maybe if you were to go back and do it again, or is your tip, don't do that. Uh, but, or if you were to go back and do it again, how would you do things differently? I don't know. I would do it differently. I think I would probably do it pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe I would take it to a location, like just find a laundromat and take it to that laundromat instead of doing it in my garage. But I mean, it was so convenient we'd have it like right here and I had the luxury of having it anyway. But it was just a really good way to tell if this was going to be a business that worked or not without putting like a bunch of money down off the bat. Like mm-hmm. I didn't know when I first knew to if the oven delivery was going to be a thing. I mean, like, yes, Ryan going into the laundromat, he knows laundromats are going to to work they're a thing here especially in Bradenton um laundromat's popular but I didn't know if the pickup and delivery would be popular or not like I didn't know if people would want that kind of service and and so it was a really good way just to kind of get your foot in the door into the industry and, and figure out without putting a big chunk of money down on a van and, and like equipment and all these things like the purchasing like a building and and it could all just go to crap pretty much and then i'm out a bunch of money this way i kind of like slowly went into it and and cash flowed everything which was which was really nice so i I probably would do it exactly the same but the way i did it yeah i love that i mean test the market to see if you've got a legitimate business and do it in a way that's you know not gonna not gonna break the bank uh if if you learn that you know either it's not not the right market or uh, you're not the right fit for doing it too. Like oh, yeah. you got to know that you want to do it too. Right. Awesome. Right. Love it. Uh, next segment is called pro tips. And uh, that's your advice for people uh, starting uh, brand new, just trying to get their first laundromat or start their first pickup and delivery. Uh, you guys got any tips for, for those people? On my side, it's nothing new that hasn't been already said on this podcast is just do your due diligence, you know, really dive in, um, and you know, get, you know, if you really want to get into a laundromat business, I've heard of people doing this. I've heard of people going to laundromat operators and saying, can I work in your wash dry fold operation? Can I, can I come and work? You, you know, pay me, don't pay me. Just let me see what the laundromat business is. For me, it was obviously the, the vending side of the business got me into it. I saw, I learned a lot during those couple of years I was doing the, the vending machines. Um, but you have to be able to, um, you know, really dive in. You know, I, I, I hate to see, I'm sure Jordan, you've heard a lot about it. I've seen a lot of it. People just going in naive and just you know, mm-hmm. taking one person's advice that is motivated to sell you as much equipment as possible and just nodding and smiling and whatever they tell you is gospel and you're okay. That sounds good. Yeah, I'll do that. Mm-hmm. Um, get your hands dirty. If you want to get into this business, I would say is really do your due diligence. Um, you find a location, I always like to look at a location on Google Maps first, the satellite view, check out the satellite, see if there's like businesses around, you know, that would support a laundromat demographic, a self-serve demographic, and then get yourself in the car, go down there 
and walk the neighborhood. Don't drive the neighborhood, walk the neighborhood, you know, walk a mile south, walk a mile north, walk, all just, just check it out. You know, um, you got to be comfortable. You got to be comfortable in that neighborhood. You know, um, it might not be uh, a demographic that you're used to working with a lot. It's another skill. Obviously, it's kind of works in, in concert with, you know, my firefighting side. We go into people's homes, all sorts of demographics at all times. So you have to be able to be comfortable with all sorts of different uh, types of people. And, you know, if you're in a, an area like I've heard your location uh, getting into gang fights and gang wars, you know, you got to have uh, the ability to calm a situation down you have to understand that if someone lost a dollar into a machine that's a big deal you know and you have to be able to conflict a resolution and 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 move forward so you really got to be able to do a lot of due diligence and you have to be comfortable with people um dealing with people and again the, as you know jordan this is a laundromat industry you don't have to deal with the people you don't have to you know you can just be that mm -hmm. operator who you know, never calls back when someone loses a quarter. Okay. You know, and it takes a week and a half to fix a machine and okay. You're not going to do as well as the guy down the street who is getting that person, that quarterback, or is fixing that machine in less than 24 hours, but you might still make him, you know, a decent amount of money. It's just, it, you just, my number one advice is, you know, get your hands dirty, get in there, check out the neighborhood, be comfortable with the neighborhood. If you're not comfortable in that, situation probably not a good fit for you i'll be not the spot yeah love it carly anything to add there yeah mine kind of bounces off ryan's end a bit that he had there but one thing i've learned as well and i'm starting out sometimes you don't realize like how much you have to interact with your customers when you first get into this so it's not just the washing the folding it's it's people like you have to deal with people and customers like to know you as an owner and, and who's doing that laundry and, and what they're dealing with. And I've had a lot of people say like, you know, we, we stay with you and we like you because we know you, we know we come to you and there's an issue, like it's going to get solved quickly and, um, and, and well, so people just like to know that if there's an issue, they're going to, sometimes the issue is not that big, but they like to know that it's going to get fixed and it's going to be, it's going to be okay. And someone's there to listen to them and, even if they're venting and they're mad and they're angry, like if, if you're good with people, you can usually calm them down and get them, get them to a good place. Like, you know, you offer a free service or, you know, resolution, some kind of resolution, but a lot of it is dealing with people. And sometimes they just want to talk to you as well. You have to be patient. Like I have many elderly clients who just like to call and talk sometimes and they're just trying to book a service, but then you're also on the phone for an extra 10 minutes, just have a, a chat with them because they're, they're only in there and they want to talk and it's all just part of the, the service that you provide like, and if you don't do that you're probably not going to get get the customers sometimes so yeah yeah and i think customers don't obviously you have to be have to be good, good with people yeah that's awesome killer killer advice guys and uh i mean this has been incredible hearing uh you know not one but two stories that sort of kind of came together and uh, <laughs> you know having that uh, sort of synergy uh, with one another. It's been really cool to hear how that's all worked and how you guys have uh, made that work together, uh, which is uh, it's pretty unique uh, story that I think you guys have, but it's something that, yeah. uh, you know, I think other people have explored and some people have had good success and some people have not had good success. So it's, I appreciate you guys sharing 
the, the things that have worked for you guys and, you know, how you've sort of figured this out and are continue. I mean, the story's not over, right? Right. Uh, Carly could drop Ryan like a bad habit, you know, that's, that's... <laughs> <Absolutely. laughs> no, I'm <just> kidding. <laughs> but uh, no, it's, it's been really awesome. So I appreciate you guys uh, sharing your stories. Yes. I mean, it's been awesome, but the packed all the way throughout all this is just so many lessons that you guys have learned so much wisdom that has been uh, hard fought. So I appreciate you guys uh, taking the time to share that. Uh, last question I have for you is if, if people have other questions for you, what's the best way that they can uh, reach out to you and, and ask those questions? For me, it's easy yeah. Just, yeah, just jump on the website, friendlycitylaundry.com, Friendly City Laundry in Bradenton, Florida. I have a text only feature that, tr- that costs me money. So try not to do that. Um, otherwise, <laughs> yeah, email me at help at friendlycitylaundry.com uh, and uh, just go from there. Awesome. Great. Yeah. And me, you can either send me a message on Facebook with Lemon Squeezy Laundry on Facebook. And then my email is Carly at Lemon Squeezy Laundry. Awesome. I love, I love that name. That's great. <laughs> Lemon Squeezy Laundry? Yeah. It's catchy, easy right? Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. It's so so friendly and, and easy yeah. peasy. Easy. Love it. Uh, guys, you guys are rock stars. Thank you so much for coming on and appreciate it. And uh, yeah. I, I am uh, looking forward to hearing how things continue to evolve. I think you guys are both, you know, at your locations, you're, you're early in the phase and right. uh, of where you're at and will continue to grow. So, and, and doing great things in the community. So appreciate you guys. Uh, again for taking the time coming on and looking forward to uh touching base with you guys again to hear yeah. the progress and how awesome. you guys looking forward to evolved yep. awesome thank you all right i hope you loved that episode with ryan and carly so much good stuff and so cool that they have found that relationship that works for both of them helps both of them uh, grow their businesses and is providing for both of them so cool hopefully you got something really good out of that if you did listen It all means nothing unless you put it into action yourself in your own life, in your own business. So get out there and take some action this week and go make that dream work for you today, this week. Go do it. That's what we're talking about. It's all about the action. All right, cool. We will see you guys next week. Peace.